Welcome back to the Behind the Music Business podcast with me, Danny Champion. My music business podcast where I talk to a whole host of individuals who work in and around the music business about their careers, about their motivations, about their day-to-day job and everything in between. This week's episode is with Laura Westcott, the founder of Music for Mental Wealth. Uh, We also talked uh, remotely via the internet um and i'm very very grateful for her for finding the time to fit me in it's been a long time coming we've been chatting about doing this conversation for quite some time uh we had a really really interesting conversation about her career from music education and and being a singer through to her time as a journalist and all the work that she's doing now with her new project phoenix rising and also all the amazing things that she's doing in and around mental health, especially mental health in music. The conversation is really, really interesting, so you don't need me to say anything more about it. Here it is, my conversation with Laura Westcott. That, that starting place as a singer, your your interest in music, where does it all come from? Yeah, it's interesting because there is a history of singing in my family. I right. mean, my my nan is all my family are Welsh, by the way. Okay. So you know, there, there is there is that stereotypical Welsh singing, um, yes. you know. But my and my nan sang in choirs. But I in my immediate family there isn't any musical connection um so i i just started singing for, at school mm-hmm. in you know i went to a very good school that was um promoting music education it was in kent it's called northbourne park and um we were singing every single day in um assembly mm-hmm. and my my voice stood out i was a, i was only five but my voice stood out and from a very early age our music teacher would um encourage me to sing more and we had a school choir and i was always chosen to do the solos and i remember being eight years old, singing in church, doing, you know, doing a solo and really enjoying it. I think that was the thing. Like I really enjoyed singing. And so when I went on to do my GCSEs and then my A-levels, music was always the subject that I excelled in. So I, it was an obvious choice when I had the, had the opportunity to go to university. It was an obvious choice to do music. Um, I wanted to be an opera singer. That was something I was really passionate about. I, I, went, I remember going to see my first opera I think I was 12. I went to see um, Carmen um, with the school and I just fell in love with the music and I decided to study voice at university, um, particularly classical. And then I had a, I had an opera singer um, uh, teacher. So she would give me private lessons and my parents, actually they paid for private lessons from the age of 16 for me. Um, I was very lucky. And, uh, and, and, I, and I trained this uh, vibrato operatic voice and and I've got a quite a big range as well I mean I've got a low speaking voice but my my singing voice really does go very high and um and I just knew that I it it lit me up like it releases endorphins it makes you feel really happy when you sing um and choir singing although I'm not a stereotypical choir girl um you know I I I say that in the in a 
you know, respectful way, but I'm, I'm very fidgety and I'm, and I'm not very good at, you know, sitting still, um, and which I actually discovered I have ADHD only three years ago. I discovered oh, that wow. in my adult life. Yeah. So that was interesting when I remember all this, because I was always told off of fidgeting and being naughty at the back. And, you know, the thing is in choir, if, you know, you have four sections and they, and they normally rehearse in each section. So if it's not your turn, then you're waiting. And, uh, so I wanted to be a soloist, to be honest, choir, you know, the choir stuff didn't really, it wasn't something that you can just pick up and have a career in easily. So, so when I, when I was, um, when I was training, I, I really enjoyed being on stage, but then I started having these anxiety attacks and I started having, I started having panic attacks on stage and um, my teacher at school, Andrew Lana, was very kind and, and sat me on the end of the choir and he, you know, so I was near the exit so that if I felt unwell, I could just walk out. And, and that was very kind of him, but it just, it spiraled out of control, to be honest with you. I was only 17 when it started and managed to get through my a-levels but i did have to take a few months off because i i was agoraphobic i couldn't leave okay. my house so it got quite bad yeah um and and i and i you know kind of normal normal person would go to the doctor so i went to my doctor and the first thing they did was you know prescribe me with with antidepressants to slow down my heart rate they gave me um, antidepressants and beta blockers and you know for a young woman that's quite a lot a lot of medication yes. So, but from a physical perspective, it did actually stop me having the anxiety so I could lead a normal life. So mm -hmm. I would go to university. I did have a couple of panic attacks on the bus on the way to uni and that was really difficult. And then my mum ended up having to drive me there. It was like unbelievable, like the support I had um, regarding that. So I, I was able to lead like a normal life. And then after uni, I decided that I didn't want to be a performer because this anxiety really, right. really okay, so was that, in the back of my mind. Yeah, I was just like, I can't, couldn't do it. And so I decided that I wanted to retrain um, and I and I decided to do journalism because okay. I wanted to be a music reviewer. Before before we kind of jump ahead, I kind of I still want to talk about the kind of the 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 performer side of you. Yeah. I think you what, what, some of the things that I that you mentioned, I see in my daughter who's just okay. coming up for six. She loves singing, uh, she's fidgety as anything, but she's also really averse to, to performing beyond kind of really to me and her mum and you know, close family and things like that. So she loves, she loves to sing, but the performance side of things, like I'm already seeing kind of, they're, they're, wow. they, they clash a little bit. And from, a, from my experience at working at, um, in higher education, with with performers and songwriters and singers and and vocalists and and drummers and you know musicians is that there's this love and want to 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 perform but there's also this anxiety of performing and it seems to be quite common and yeah. is it something that you've you've come across more and more yeah. and more in, in kind of some of the things that you're doing doing yeah now? And, it, and has that has that kind of answered a bunch of questions that that you've kind of had since you were what 17 18 yeah so interestingly enough i mean obviously we're going to talk about coaching a bit later because that's how i managed to overcome okay. my anxiety without the without the um medication right. so i in, in my 30s i came off med the medication and that's and, and i realized coaching worked for me and it, it what's really interesting is that fear and excitement is the same feeling right so 
as a child, normally it's excitement, but when you start developing hormones and you start having situations in your life that make you maybe self-doubt, then that can actually change to a fearful mindset. So the chemical response in our bodies is exactly the same to a situation, but our mind interprets it either in a positive or negative way. Mm -hmm. That's actually the fundamental core um, value. And, And with regards to your daughter, because she's so young, it's not too late like of course it's very it, it, it is something that you can um help her with now because prevention is the key mm-hmm. and that's what that's what music for mental wealth focuses on which is the non-profit i created yes. a few years ago with Stuart lane who's our lead coach and it's all about the prevention and if you if you help children at a young age understand that the feelings they're feeling are completely natural they're completely natural but to be more um, inspirational with the language that you use around them and to um, help them understand that this is a positive thing and, and that actually um, will really, really help them overcome any any um, spiralling, which was what I had, like my, my, my anxiety spiralled. Right. And, um, and, and because I didn't have that kind of support, perhaps, because there, no, there were no coaches, there were no, this was, you know, back in the 90s, mm-hmm. you know, mental health, was it was it was still taboo and um medication was the solution but it's not anymore no. um and, it, and it's a simple change of language okay and are you you're i'm guessing you're going back into being an artist you're going to be performing i so, am yeah no am, no issues I, or or you're you're able well, to to you manage know what's really it. interesting well, I haven't done it yet, so ask me after I've done it. But what's really interesting? <laughs> but what's really interesting? I was thinking about this the other day, and I'm genuinely excited to be performing. I've been invited awesome. to perform at two music festivals next year. Obviously, cool. completely touch wood that everything's yes. back to in inverted commas normal. Um, you know, I, I really hope that that the live music scene will be back to normal next year because otherwise, I don't I don't even know how we're going to survive. But that's yes. a whole other conversation. Um, but I'm really excited because I've created a platform for myself that's unique to me and I can, I'm not stuck in the parameters of classical music. So as a, as a performer of Mozart, I'd have to come in on time, I'd have to be exactly on in tune, I'd have all these, all these um, rules and um, regulations for it to be a good performance. You know, if I'm going to be performing that piece of music, it has to be perfect. I've created something where I don't have to do that. Like Aura is this stage name that we've, you know, my name's Laura. It's a pun on on that, but also in the in the mental well-being field, Aura is a you know it's a great it's a great word. It's a fantastic energy. And what I'm doing, um, I'm actually using the language from our coaching programs, and I'm and I'm immersing it into the scripts of the we're calling the musical meditations for mental health. So. I, I did one a couple of years ago with um, with YouTube's most popular um, relaxing music composer. He has millions of subscribers, and I and I and I just, just just it came so naturally. I just used his piece of music, put on a voiceover, and sing like a little bit of ethereal classical music in the background, classical singing, and it and it really took off. It had hundreds and thousands of streams, and you know it was it, it went well, but it didn't fit on his channel because. He's, his music's instrumental and it's mainly used, I think, in spas. So to have a, a voice on it doesn't work. So I had to, you know, I took myself away from that thinking well, I need to do my own my own platform, and um, which I'm starting to do now. It's taken me a couple of years to do that. But 
during lockdown, it was my 40th birthday. It was on April the 11th, and my friends bought me a voice recorder so that I could record my voice at home. Nice. Which was the biggest hint I've ever been given. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, but basically, you know, I don't. They wanted to empower me, which is mm-hmm. so wonderful. So I did. I wrote a script, and I and I collaborated with a new composer called Chris Marshall, and he's a fantastic producer as well. And I created something that would help people relax and be less anxious during lockdown. This is what everybody needed. Yeah. But it's awesome help also to, to help them sleep. Okay. So I created this well-being script with this music, and I do ethereal vocals, and I also do affirmations in Latin. Nice. Because I learned I learned Latin at school, and I may as well throw that in because like, what's the point in learning something if you're never going to use it? Damn. So. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Um, so I'm basically in answer to your question, I've created something that is mine and it's my um, creation. And if I come in at the wrong time or if I sing slightly out of tune, I can embellish because it doesn't matter. And and the message is the same. And the whole point of what we're doing is to help people feel authentic. They mm-hmm. can be themselves. Don't worry about people judging you. We're all going to make mistakes. But, you know, it's about being connected and helping each other. That's or is kind of like, you know, Mother Nature's aunt, you know, that kind of like hugging you with her voice and helping you relax and feel comfort. Okay. It, it feels like, from someone who's kind of hearing the project being described, it's, it's more than just music to listen to. There, there's, there's a more of an immersive element yeah. to it. And so is there something that are you kind of diving into into the world that, that is more than just making an album and putting it on Spotify and seeing where that can go with some of the technologies that are out there with, you know, virtual reality and the visual side of things? Are you kind of d- diving into the, into the world of tech to, to play around with as well? Oh, yes. We, we want light shows. When I, do the, when I do the performance, it's going to be a very ethereal we're calling it a supersonic safari of the senses oh wow yeah and i'm also introducing asmr into the music which is a very big internet trend not many people um it's auto sensory meridian response and not a lot of people are using it i believe in the right way and i feel and it's it's to give you a like um you get goosebumps basically and it's you know it's called like a, a like a brain gasm is what some people are kind of saying like this goosebumpy <laughs> kind of you know um sensual effect and it's to basically make make the listener feel comforted and supported in the right way it's like whispering at close proximity to the microphone but also there are other sounds like you'll see a lot of internet youtube videos um with people opening crack uh, crisp packets and rustling things and that's it asmr yeah you that's what it is so it's it's um it's a very sensual sound um and 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 some people are are using it in the right way and i'm trying to use it in a more immersive way it was with music that actually um triggers emotional responses and we've only done it on the one um, track um, called Flying and then we introduced it again with with um, Somewhere in Time it's called okay. and it's, it's, it's working like the, you know the responses that we're getting it's helping people I actually recorded my cat purring oh yeah cool. I mean, that, yeah that yeah. feels like something that's just really oh. relaxing and oh. just nice to hear yeah. even from someone it's, who's not a cat person I think yeah just well, listening to that exactly. would, would actually be quite chilled yeah i mean exactly it's meant to be it's, it's chilled and if people don't like it then you know i'm not, I'm not you know for 
I'm up for all sorts of feedback, but I think it works really well. And, um, you know, even like just, just using using the music to personify um, these feelings and, and, and it's really kind of an immersive experience. And I had some great feedback from um, Stephen Fry. I don't know if you saw on the meditation, but he's the voice of calm and he he loves what we're doing, mm -hmm. the Somewhere in Time. And we've got a new one coming out in a couple of weeks called Dreamland. And again, it's I'm taking it to another level and I'm sort of pushing boundaries and and I, and, I, and it's a, like a, a kind of call and answer effect between the music and the voice. It's fully like a collaborative experience. It's not voiceover on music at all. It's me okay. responding to the sounds. How, how is all of this bolting into the music for mental wealth stuff that you're doing? Are you, are you, are you kind of, are, I guess as a person who is creating the, the artist side of this, but also is kind of central to the, uh, to the nonprofit, the events and things, are you trying to keep them separate or are you using them with one another? That's a good that's a good question because I haven't really thought it through to be honest. I didn't intend to start doing this really. It wasn't really planned. Okay. Um I mean I it's always I mean I'm the voice of an app as well. Yes. And that all just came to me. It's all just like naturally organically came to me and I haven't sort of been chasing anything really. Um but the music for mental wealth is about coaching and it's about um, helping musicians with their mental health directly through coaching. That's what the charitable arm is, is right. focused on. The Music with Meaning campaign is about sharing the, mu the meaning behind your music in mental health awareness. So it's, okay. we've had some fantastic artists involved, Josh Stone, Tom McRae, um, James Walsh. Um, we've had Katie Tunstall, all sharing what songs mean to them and then performing. So then when you hear the piece of music, knowing what it means to the person performing it, you do listen to it on a completely different level mm -hmm. and it's it's more engaging it's more connecting it's more inspiring so that's kind of got a life of its own this isn't really meant to dovetail into that i'm okay. not kind of I, i'm not trying to jump on that to promote my own stuff i'm just doing it organically and see just to see where it goes but i guess from from kind of looking into uh the the music for, you know music for mental wealth is it, it feels like it, it comes across as an idea and that idea can have multiple elements to it, as you've pointed out. And I think that the the kind of the meditation and you've, and you've mentioned coaching for musicians, but then you've also mentioned the fact that the coaching side of things is kind of quite important and inspirational to what you're doing as an artist. So there is there are kind of areas mm. areas that they do dovetail without it even getting right. to a point where it's kind of it's it's a thinly veiled way of, of you promoting yourself. Yeah, I guess, well, I mean, as I mentioned to you before before the call, self-promotion isn't something I, that comes naturally to me. Maybe I'm better at it than I think I am, but I don't think I'm very good at it, to be honest with you. So I, I, I get a little bit, um, maybe a bit too, maybe I'm overthinking it too much because I don't want people thinking that I'm, yeah, like trying to self-promote something okay. through a campaign no, because I'm, I'm 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 very aware of 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 that. Mate, it may come across that way, but what I'm also trying to do is using some of our techniques and tools from our coaching and immersing that into my meditations. I guess that in that way it definitely dovetails because I am 
I'm, I'm including affirmations, I'm including some of the coaching techniques and especially the body scan that we do and things like that, that is, a, you know, that is coaching techniques. And I guess through osmosis for me, attending all of the coaching programs that Stuart delivers, I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm including them naturally through everything I'm doing anyway. Can you talk to me a little bit about the coaching side of things? I'm really curious to, to learn a little bit about the, the, spe- the, the specifics of the coaching that you've been engaging with via, yeah. via what you're doing. So the coaching that we deliver through Music for Mental Wealth is actually based on neuroscience mm-hmm. and uh, Stuart Lane, who's, who's the expert in this field. So I, what I'm saying is actually just what I've picked up through him and totally you know, through, through his programs. It's brilliant. And it's, it's a reticular activating system is the most important part of the brain that filters our um, what we actually want in our in our lives. So okay. it filters out the information. So and also it looks for things to to correspond with our thoughts. So if we're thinking we're not good enough all the time, mm-hmm. it will attract people and, and circumstances to prove us right and to prove yeah you're right you're not good enough because that person said that thing and that per- you know it will right. filter out and just and show you the evidence that you're right so if we are speaking um, a certain way um then that's what we'll see more of so it's really interesting and and it you know it really can make a difference to our whole experience and enjoyment of our lives mm-hmm. so it's a huge thing um and with regards to like the prevention what what we what we're really trying to help people with is is to master their emotions to understand that there are there are loads of setbacks that will happen on your on your path and that we that that we provide them with support and tools so that they can navigate healthier lifestyle choices to deal with them so instead of turning to drugs and alcohol they can turn to meditation right. and swimming as an example um so it's just about how to um, how to interpret our emotions and how we can search for things in our lives to to give us um, more opportunities and you know more positive affirmations rather than the negative self talk that some of us are yeah. prone to. Yeah, is it's is it something that you see a lot in the creative community that kind of and especially because especially when you're kind of you know you're pouring your heart and soul into something that is inherently there for other people to to comment on, to critique, you know, in the age of YouTube comments and things like that. Is it something yeah. that is that you're seeing a lot of? And yeah. what's the range of creators and artists that you're working with? Is it mainly younger artists that are at the beginning of their journey or or is it a whole? Well, ab- whole... Absolutely a whole, yeah, it can be any, any age, but we prefer to work with younger people before there's too much unpicking to do. Right. Um, you know, everybody's born at factory reset and then we just, all of this stuff is just, you know, absorbed by yeah. our tiny little brains and we pick it up, you know, we pick up the negative self-talk from our parents or any any insecurities or any, you know, we pick up on that and, and it, we don't necessarily understand it in our conscious mind, but it's all there in our subconscious and and it's always there. So we we prefer working with younger people, but also you know, there are people that have been through rehab and it's, and want to go back to their careers. And that's also a good place to be as well, like mm-hmm. helping them, you know, re, you know, re-engage. But, you know, to your question, you know, and it doesn't matter how old you are, like everybody can learn. Like there's such a ridiculous saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And it's just nonsense. We don't, you know, you, everybody can learn at any age to, to change. 
the events that you do, are they, uh, you, you know, you mentioned that you have artists coming on and talking through their yeah. their creations and then performing them. Is it, are they kind of, are they interactive in that way? So are, yes. are the people that you're, that you're working with via, via the, the non-profit, okay, they kind of involved in the events or is it very much a performance? Well, when we did the live when we did the live performances, I mean, we we really built a beautiful community. No, seriously, like you know, we did nine concerts in London last year, and there was a following, and we featured emerging artists, but also established artists, and they'd have the same platform. There's no hierarchy. No matter how famous you are, you you're on stage with as a human being. We also had um, some guest speakers. We had um, Ray Williams who. As the Rocket Rocketman film came out with Elton John, Ray Williams is the guy that, you know, he's the guy that found Elton John and introduced him to Bernie Taupin, and, mm-hmm. and he got dropped. And you know, if you've seen the film, you understand the story. But he came to one of our events and just sat on the stage and talked about his mental health and what it was like having a. I think he had a six-month child when he got dropped and they had no money, and it was all, you know, it was all very stressful. Yes. Um, but we built a little family, like you know, it, there's no hierarchy the musician you know it takes a bit of warming up just to, you know it does you know some of them don't feel comfortable sharing their personal stories no, and definitely. we understand we understand that and we're there to hold them their hands a little bit and if they don't want to share it all at that point that's fine mm-hmm. but share what you're comfortable with and, and just understand there's no judgment so it's very interactive in the in the live events the online series that we've <clears throat> converted to during lockdown yes. isn't um, really interactive in terms of the videos because they're not live, they're recorded. Um, although we are planning um, a live festival, which cool. um, is yet yet to be announced, and that's really exciting. And it's going to be in partnership with Music Crown. Okay. And they have a they have four million followers, so we've got an instant great yeah, 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 audience. Yeah. Um, so that will be interesting. But but we are commenting on the videos, and I'm I'm always the person. If you see any music mental wealth comments, that's me, and I'm engaging with them and. And, and you know it's, it's they're vulnerable when they post their videos they're vulnerable and that is a, a social media addiction mm-hmm. to, to a lot of artists so you know going back to your earlier question is this something we see more of in terms of the you know the coaching yes because there's more things to be addicted to there's more yeah, things yeah. to have to manage We're, all the artists are multitasking beyond their capability they just want to be writing and performing and recording right they don't want to be managing their social media accounts and all of that but mm-hmm. that's what they have to do and it's and it can be addictive so musicians not all of them but some of them that have posted videos you know i want to show them some love because i know that they're going to be vulnerable after they shared because yeah. that's that's it's a big deal to share publicly something so, so intimate i know because i've been nominated by stuart and i haven't done it yet and i've <laughs> I'm too scared to do it. I don't, you know, mainly because I don't write songs and, you know, it's, an, it's a weird one. But mm-hmm. when Joss Stone did her performance, she did somebody else's song. So she's she's bended the rules. So that means that I can perform someone else's song. But it just has to be the right time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think it that's a, something I've seen, you know, the past four years working with uh, vocalists, creators, artists at that at an age of 
19, 20, 21, it's, there's this kind of yearning to do it, but also this kind of big barrier of it's terrifying. I think I was only ever able to really perform when I was in a band, when I knew that I wasn't doing it on my own. The, the two times I had to do it when I was at, at school for a performance assessment that I had to do, sat in front of my class with an acoustic guitar singing a song, going, I've never done this before, this is terrifying. <laughs> and I don't think I could ever do it again. I've often challenged myself to do a, you know, an open mic night again, just you know, a couple of covers, that sort of thing. But just like, no, don't think I've got it in me. What, what is it you don't like it, having the full attention on you, do you think? What do you think it I could think be? so. I think, again, it kind of comes back to this idea of um, I, I need to be fully 100% prepared. If I'm not, if I don't feel prepared, then I can't really wing it. And <laughs> it's all that sort of stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a, a singer. I can hold a tune, kind of, but not really and I'd really need to think I need to be able to you know it just it just needs to match and meet certain criterias in my head for me to be able to do it in front of an audience whether that's one person or whether that's 100. yeah it's going back to what I said earlier then about the classical music you know everything has to be perfect right so bend the rules like create your own version of perfect so that it's you know <laughs> just there is that like, yeah. you know yeah just like reinvent what you know if if you know I, there's clearly stuff I, I'm a solution I'm solutions driven and I think that you know yeah. if, if you want to perform and I think you should and then just just do it in a way that makes you feel comfortable you mentioned at, at the start that you you kind of you jumped into journalism and PR and I do kind of want to touch on your your time in there and, and what that taught you and and what it was like and things like that but what brought you back what brought you into the doing the music for mental wealth stuff well it's um I, I had a, I was at the times for eight years it was a really amazing opportunity for me and I made so many contacts learned so much but it wasn't fulfilling there was always something inside of me that wasn't wasn't fulfilled and I was offered an amazing opportunity where they moved me to New York and I lived over in New York and had a really great job and everything and honestly on paper everything was perfect but I was so unhappy okay like I have I loved the party scene and all the all of that but in my job in my in my career it, it wasn't doing it for me so okay. I I I quit and came back and set up um, a company called Soundcheck to help musicians get their music in film and TV because that was the, for me, I just sort of took a piece of paper, right, what am I good at? What can I offer? I love music and I've got loads of con contacts. Mm -hmm. There you go, right? So I'm going to try and help these people like me, but who are more talented than me because I, you know, I don't write my own music, although I'm starting to now. It wasn't something I, I, I've never written a song before. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to help people that were really talented, you, like benefit from my contacts. That's actually what it was, um, and and that's why. And and then I and then, and then I realised starting your com starting a company is really hard, right? <laughs> yes. Like, yes. And, and and I don't do things by halves, right? So I really went at it, and I really you know launched this thing, 
and I burnt out. Oh, okay. So I had a proper burnout, and that's that's when I started having my um, mental health coaching because, okay. um, well, again, I mean, I you know, I just I've had it, I've had it over several years, but this was five years ago, um, and uh, that's when Music for Mental Health was born because I had the coaching, and it completely um, catapulted me from a dark place to somewhere where I actually could see everything happens for a reason and right. everything's an experience for us to, to grow and learn from. So is, um, forgive my slight ignorance here, that soundcheck is still an ongoing concern even after burnout or has that been put on back <laughs> literally, la literally last week I made a decision to make it dormant. Okay. Like, you know, look, we're going to lose a lot of companies in lockdown. It, it was a synchronization company that didn't work out because of numerous factors. Mainly I hadn't um, prepared the cash flow properly. Like this is why I wish I'd known you before, because that's the sort of thing you do is you help people, you help first time <laughs> business owners, don't you? See, I didn't, I didn't have a mentor to help me think, you see, I thought I knew it all. Right. So I, I, the cash flow was a problem. I had too many staff, too many, whatever. Um, I take full responsibility, by the way, I'm not blaming, there's nothing you know, no, no blame here with anyone. I should have asked for a mentor. I didn't ask loud enough. Um, I think I may have, um, you know, um, yeah, I mean, it, it had been going 10 years, right? Like 10, nearly 10, yeah, 10 years I had the idea, 10 okay. years ago. And um, uh, yeah, so that that's no longer, rest in peace, rest in peace, soundcheck, yeah. Is it, is it um, I guess, does the, the whole experience mean that you won't, you wouldn't jump into setting up a business again? Or you know a, a for-profit business again, or or would you just do it differently? I would do it differently, and I am doing it differently because I'm actually um, the founder of um, a new company called Phoenix Rising. Okay. But I'm I'm a co-founder, which is even more exciting because I've I've got I've got co-founders. So I think for me personally, what I would do differently is is, is have the team and have a have share the share load the a bit. Yeah. yeah, share the load. Have have that and share the share the load, and it's. And it's, it's pun intended going to fly. Like Phoenix nice. Rising is going to fly, and it's a, it's um it's a it's, a, it's not, no mean feat by the way. It's a global culture change, bringing feminine back into balance. So in business, right. in leadership, in government, mm -hmm. and we have there's four co-founders, and we're going through our first big round of funding. We've got um, a network um, of global change makers being supported with mentors. Right. And, advisors and it's about supporting um and nurturing change makers okay so can you are you in a position to say a few more specifics about about what what, what it is what you are actually yeah. doing and stuff like that because yeah that of course really so, yeah it really is interesting it's so um my business partner is tiffany kelly and she's for 20 years she's been delivering um leadership programs that do have this feminine energy balance Right. Um, uh, curriculum inside them. I think that's the right word. And she's been delivering for 20 years uh, to leaders, um, the First Lady of Japan. Um, she's very well connected. She knows Ariana Huffington and, and people like that. And she's been delivering these to um, Dubai, to, well, I think to like 33 different countries okay. around the world. And she's using that um the leadership programs and i'm using my experience as a as an entrepreneur and what went wrong and what i needed more of and all of that experience as well to help um avoid you know the situations that happened to me you know happen to other people but it's it's 
our, our, our idea that started off just with that kind of mindset of having feminine energy and also supporting entrepreneurs has now grown mm -hmm. into um, we're going to be having a time bank that we can skill share. So it's about swapping and sharing each other's skills. Um, it's about um, supporting each other and basically unconditional love to um, empower people and to create a global culture change. And we're working mainly on the global goals, which are education, empowerment and rejuvenation because at the end of the day it's, we, we want to we want to make a difference like globally and um of scale and with impact so it, it, it's something that the kind of young business entrepreneurs new business owners can sign up to and can share skills and connect from a business perspective and also yeah. is it events that you'll be running and things like that we will we will be running events and but it's, at the moment it's nomination only because okay. we, we want people to be um to be on on the same page as us basically we want people to um to have the same values as us um but at the moment it's just uh, nomination only um and with regards to events we're doing things virtually we're just put, creating a pro an accelerator program right. at the moment now called rise which will help um yeah, like entrepreneurs uh, go through that. And also there's three generations. So we've got the future Phoenixes, which is the young, like children and teenagers. Mm -hmm. And then we've got the Phoenix Rising, which is the entrepreneurs. And then the Phoenix Risen are the mentors. Okay. So oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So there, there's kind of, it's, it's, yeah. it's matching people who can, who can help each other out. And, is, and you yeah. mentioned that there, there, there's a feminine focus yeah. on it. So is, the, is it something for everybody or is it mainly yeah. focused towards towards women yeah it's interesting because you know it's feminine so it's it's we want you know there's a, some some women are, are quite masculine um in their energy so so it's it's, it's not about just women okay um, and we're not saying and we're not saying that men are masculine and women are feminine that's yeah. what my point is so some women are, are more masculine in nature we're about balancing it out because it's the yin and the yang basically okay. and Yes, there's, there's some there's some global leaders at the moment who don't need to be named, mm -hmm. um, obviously, but they're quite masculine in their approach to leadership. So when you are only involved in self, you're making decisions that only are for yourself, benefit your gain. So it's not about um, leading um, authentically in feminine energy, uh, which is about how you know it's about win-win is when you get that balance okay. of energy at the moment it's about i win you lose right, right. that's the masculine mindset we are we want to readdress that and okay. and we start yeah we're starting with the phoenix rising global collective that we've already got but we're also opening that up to leadership as well cool so it sounds like you're going to have a busy end to the your rest of this year and yeah. into 2021 <laughs> Yeah, it's around September, the end of September is when it'll be, you'll, you'll hear about it. Mm -hmm. At the moment, we're kind of building it behind the scenes. We have launched, last November, we launched it in Cape Town and in London. Okay. Uh, we had, you know, we had an event at the Century Club in Soho. Um, and we, you know, we had an, some amazing performers. We had Charlotte Kelly from Soul to Soul, um, Mo Pleasure, who's Earth, Wind and Fire and people performing. And it was great to get everybody together. But now now in the background we've been very busy building this platform which is basically like linkedin if you think about linkedin and how you connect with people it's about it's like that for change makers and we've been building that behind the scenes with fuse um who have um, been amazingly supportive and yeah we'll be launching fully like end of september 
I've seen the Times, I've seen News Corp in your uh, past CVs. Um, from someone who lost maybe a little bit of love for the job that they were doing, as you pointed out, what are those giant companies like to be part of? And were you able, you know, did you have to toe the line? Did, was that something, was that one of the reasons why you kind of lost your, the love for it, that you weren't, you weren't able to put some of your entrepreneurial side into what you were doing on a day-to-day -day basis? I think so. I think, um, I mean, I loved The Times. It's a fantastic newspaper and I have so much respect and I honestly have no bad words to say about The Times. Mm -hmm. um, I, I found, the only thing I found frustrating was that I wasn't using my voice at the end of the day, my God give me a gift. It's funny that I've got a croak in my throat just because <laughs> yes. I'm saying that. And I'm all about symbolism, by the way. I'm all about the symbolism. So it's so funny that suddenly at that precise <laughs> second that I was talking. Um, but that's but that's how I felt. That that's the, the, the really interesting point is that mm -hmm. that's literally how I felt that I had my voice. I couldn't speak properly. And and when I did write reviews, they were all edited. You know, not not in a. I'm not. You know, that's that's the nature of the game. You're everything's sub edited and edited and yeah. you know when you when you put a lot of love into something and then somebody changes it, it's annoying, right? Can you imagine writing a piece of music and writing a song and somebody completely changes well that probably happened, right, to you? I think it? it's I mean it, it's something I, I talk so one of the things that I talk a lot with songwriters about is the kind of the business side of things. My background is music publishing. Uh, try and demystify this idea that you can still be creative collaboratively, I guess. And that it's this Definitely. idea of, of it's not the inherent, oh, if you open your creative output to other people, then what you're creating will be just torn apart and it won't be what you want it to be. But actually it's about finding the right people to work with, finding the right mm. businesses, whether they're massive businesses or whether they're individuals, to, to draw out the best in your creativity and to, to nudge you down the directions and, yeah. and marry you up with other people that can bring out, you know, can take what, you, what you've created and make it something even better. It's not about saying, right, well, here's my thing. Well, we're, we're going to change it now and not make it yours anymore, yeah. which is kind of what you're suggesting is happens in those, you know, that kind of big and yeah, news is a little bit different, different to, yeah, to music look, and things can, like yeah, that. But it, it's exactly. something to, to wrap your head around as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, the reason I left is because I felt better, um, you know, in terms of, you know, mental health wise and I, you know I knew that if I'd stayed there any long longer I you know it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the case you know I just wanted to I wanted to go into I wanted to go with my chosen path like I knew I knew that my calling was music okay. so um so that's why basically in a nutshell okay last question for you um you've got your artist things coming on and that could include uh, you know music releases and live performances uh, you've got the Phoenix rising thing kind of bubbling away as well and you've got all the various uh, events and things that you're doing in and around uh, music for mental health obviously all of them are important all of them are the things that you're very very passionate about which one out of those of, of those things that you've got going on really is is the th the one that is most exciting you at the moment 
I think I think Phoenix Rising because I have a team okay. and I and I'm not I'm not flying solo. Like I have I have an unconditionally loving support network around me and I'm so passionate about that feminine energy balance that it has to be it's a global for not it's a global opportunity for change. So it, that's exciting to me and I don't feel that I have to do it all on my own. And I think that's the one thing I would um, advise entrepreneurs is do you really want to do this on your own or um, is the ego the you know is it are you only doing it on your own because it's an ego thing because some people just want to be the founder yeah I don't I don't want to just be the founder it just so happens I am the founder of many things uh-huh. it doesn't mean I want to be I, I want teams I want people to support each other to collaborate and so Phoenix Rising is definitely the one that's pulling me at the moment as the one I want to focus my full attention on. Amazing. Thank you so much for giving me an hour of your time today. It's been amazing chatting, finally. Yeah, and you. Massive thank you to Laura for talking to me as I said it was a really interesting chat and I'm really hoping to keep talking to her about various things do check out music for mental wealth do check out all the various things that she mentioned I have put links in the description for this episode so please do check it out and keep coming back to listen to my podcast thank you very much cheers